I'm Mandy. The Vier. Midday Report. We round up the key stories affecting your world with interviews with newsmakers, in-depth analysis, and eyewitness news reporters on the ground. The Midday Report. Let's start with the situation in Hamanskral today. A few different angles we're looking at. The Parliamentary Committee on Water and Sanitation is visiting Hamanskral today following the outbreak of cholera that has claimed 17 lives there. The National Police Commissioner uh, has also um, been visiting uh, the academy there because of concerns around cholera. Cholera uh, that is the police service, the police services academy in Hamanskral, the training academy there. There was supposed to be a protest. This march today in Haman's crowd hasn't happened, so we'll speak to our reporter on the ground. But we're going to start with the fact that the EFF has opened a case of murder against the Twani mayor today. They've gone and laid criminal charges. This is after the EFF uh, earlier this week also uh, went to the council with a bottle of water from Haman's crowd, urging the mayor to drink it. Obakeng Ramabodu is the EFF Twani chair joining us now. Obakeng, good afternoon to you. Thank you for your time. Who exactly? Exactly, have you laid charges against? What charges and why? Thank you very much, Mehdi, and uh, listeners uh, of 702. We're opening a case of murder against uh, the city of Swani and the mayor uh, Silas Brink and the city manager Johan Mettler. Because as the leadership of the EFF, we're of the view that they are responsible to make sure that the people of Hamaskral get clean water as per water act. And uh, they deserve to get... Uh, uh, a water, uh, blue, uh, a water that is clean, that is uh, uh, free for human uh, uh, consumption. Currently, they are giving water that is not good for human consumption deliberately. Actually, if we have to summarize it, we have to say the people of Swani, the people of Hamanskral, uh, had a water that was poisoned by the city of Swani, and they've killed them. That's why we're on 17 of people who have died, and we can't afford to just keep quiet without any accountability. We're of the view that someone somewhere must account, and the police mm. are the ones who can assist us. If the water that killed the people of Hamanskral is the water that comes from the city, right. or is just the water that comes from somewhere. Oberking, some would argue that you should also include as respondents there or lay the charges against the ANC politicians that were responsible for the Tuani municipality at the time of the Royval uh, tender being awarded as well. Is that something you considered? The ANC had its chance and they've run the city of Tuani and they failed dismally. And the people of Tuani through the polls, they've indicated that they are rejecting the ANC. As a result, the DA, for the past seven years, they've been in charge of the city of Tuan. They've changed more than four mayors. This is the fifth mayor they have. What have they done? They are the ones who must be held accountable. If someone wants to go and open a case against the ANC, they are welcome to do so. We are opening a case against those who are in charge of the government today, who are entrusted as per law the legislation that they must give the people of Amanskral clean water, and they are not doing that, and that's why we are where we are today. Oberking, uh, earlier this week, uh, you, you took a bottle of, of water from Hamanskral to the council, uh, poured a glass of water for the mayor and, and urged him to drink it. Uh, is there a, perhaps an argument here that you could be working with the political leaders, with uh, the council, with the mayor to try and fix the problem um, instead of, of, of doing, taking the approach that you've been taking? We've been working with them. We've been advising them. We've been 
uh, picketing outside the, the your water plants. We've been, we've been contributing in the Section 79 committees. Our councillors have been doing oversight. They've been giving proposal on how they think that uh, this water problem must be uh, uh, must be resolved. But the DA administration uh, just uh, uh, decided to undermine and ignore our our our, our plea. So we, we we are we are fed up, and we think that. Uh, if we don't act now, we are going to act late because already we are guilty as the uh, councillors of the city of Tswane for not acting. Those families that have lost their loved ones, they look at us as people who are not responsible, who are not leaders, who are supposed to act and make sure that this kind of situation is prevented before it worsens to where it is. So the people of Hamanskrau deserve to drink uh, water that is clean and uh, it's not like uh, it's a favor. It's their constitutional right. And human rights have indicated that what is happening in Hamanskral is inhuman. What is happening in Hamanskral is a violation of human rights. And that's where we are. And uh, we are not going to be stuck with the ANC and uh, not holding these ones who are in charge for seven years accountable. They are not special. They are government. They must take responsibility. When they celebrate a good work, they, we say they are government, we don't say ANC. Sometimes they open even projects that were launched by the ANC. But now because they are here, uh, we want to take the blame to the ANC. We won't do that. The DA and XLSA administration must take responsibility and fix the mess in, uh, in Hamanskral. Oba King, I have to say, I do agree with, with uh, much of what you're saying. Thank you very much, Oba King Ramabodu. Uh, but yesterday, that's the EFF 20 chair, sorry. Yesterday I did say that, that corruption and mismanagement and maladministration, it's not a victimless crime because we have seen 17 people dying in Haman's Kral from cholera. That number could rise. Uh, and, and that's because of mismanagement over the years. Uh, you may feel that perhaps it's not the DA municipality that should be held responsible, that the a- ANC years ago should have got this right. We know the issues around the tender for the Royval municipality as well. I do think there should be some kind of culpable hum- uh, culpable homicide charge. Um, the EFF there, the, the laying uh, murder charges against the 20 mayor and the 20 city manager as well. Well, let's go to Hamans Kral now. There was supposed to be a protest earlier today. There was going to be a service delivery strike in Hamans Kral. There had been posters that were shared. Um, residents were planning on blocking the main highways. That hasn't materialized. Have a listen to the president of the Active African Christian United Movement, Muafrika Maila, saying there was never actually going to be a shutdown today. Have a listen. With the, with the shutdown uh, today, so obviously it didn't happen. Uh, what's your take on that? Uh, the shutdown was not going to happen. It was, there was no possibility of shutdown from the residents of Hamanskral. People of Hamanskral are quite um, conscious and they understand what needs to be done in situations like this. They know that they cannot shut down Haman's Kral at the cost and expense of the lives of people. This shutdown was going to cost us a lot. So they could not do any, any lockdown, shutdown at this point. And if you look at that advertisement of shutdown, there is no organization or an individual who takes responsibility of it. It was just people who want to destabilize this city. So we cannot allow ourselves to be used for political gainings in this crucial time.
this is a very very crucial time so we cannot afford to be politicking we can't play in the gallery of politics now what we need to do is to focus on the solution and to give the support that is needed to those who are part of the solution who are part of providing the solution and leadership in a time such as this let's go to Hamans Kral now to be EWN reporter is there for us to be so good afternoon to you thank you very much for your time so we were, we were expecting this uh, potential service delivery strike it hasn't materialized what are community members there saying um, good afternoon, Mandy. Yes, as you said, it hasn't materialized. Um, we did get here very early. And um, I will say that, Mandy, I was also just, you know, um, looking at the social media pages for Hammond's Crowd, and there were some residents who were sort of confused whether to go to work or not to go to work and whether the, the strike was happening. Um, so, you know, there was um, there was a bit of confusion about, on that front. But um, we have even spoken to the... Tuana Metro Police, and they've told us that there hasn't been any uh, incident of any protest. Uh, but, obviously, but obviously, since I'm here, Mandy, I'll tell you that five minutes ago, just before you called me, um, we are here at the Temba Police Station where the EFF is laying a criminal uh, case against the uh, Tuana Municipality. Um, there was a lady and her husband who were driving by here, and they stopped to speak to the media. And the lady told us that, you know, she just got discharged from the Jubilee Hospital where she was there being treated for cholera. And you know, she just uh, explained, Mandy, that, you know, she's scared. You know, she's reading on the news. Um, the cases keep going up. Uh, you know, the death toll keeps going up. So there is an overall state of panic. And I think that was summarized by, you know, Africa Mowile, who's uh, a religious leader here in the, in the community of Hammondskar, when he says, you know, there's a, a very much a state of panic within the city. There is a panic, a high level of panic. There is lack of information on what needs to be done. The government is not communicating clearly to the people to say, now there is a cholera, this is what you need to do. If you can afford to buy water, this is what you need to do with the water that you have. If ever uh, the truck is not coming, this is where you need to go. There is no much information. So our people at this current stage, they are kind of frustrated. They are kind of panicking. To be so, uh, speak to me about that panic. As you said, that woman driving past, uh, uh, listening to what the community leader is saying there. C- can you feel that tangible sense of, of panic in the community of Hammond's Kral? Well, yeah, it's very interesting, Mandy, because, you know, the community has always known for years that the water is not safe. But I don't think anyone has sort of, uh, anyone I've spoken to has sort of, um, you know, prepared themselves that this actually might happen, that you actually might die, that the water might just actually kill you. So, you know, as I said, you know, there are water tankers. Um, um, the municipality has doubled its water tankers um, to the community, but people are not drinking that water. You know, they don't, trust, uh, they don't trust the water from the water tankers. They don't trust the water from the taps. The only water that they're drinking from is obviously water from gift of the givers and water from the shops. So there is a lot of panic. But within that panic too, Mandy, there's also, you know, um, this is a very, it's not a very rich uh, town. So there's a, there are a lot of people who mm. cannot afford to buy that water or even get that water that is being delivered by NGOs. Um, so, yeah. you know, those people are actually living in a lot of panic and it's very, very palpable.
Tabiso, thank you. Tabiso Goba, EWN reporter, speaking to us there about the palpable sense of panic in Haman's Kral. Well, the Parliamentary Committee on Water and Sanitation will visit Haman's Kral in Tswani following that outbreak of cholera. This is not the first time. The committee has been there a couple of times before. They've made recommendations. Clearly, those recommendations have not been implemented. Robert Mashejo is the chairperson of the Portfolio Committee on Water and Sanitation. Robert, good afternoon to you. Thank you for your time. Uh, tell us what your expectations are ahead of this visit. Good afternoon, man, and good to your listeners. Look, the, the Portfolio Committee will visit uh, uh, um, 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 the area with the hope of just wanting to get answers because Remember, we have made recommendations to the, to the minister and even to the mayor uh, in 2010. And we are expecting them to, today to have worked on the water, purified water from the, from the Apis River, even, even the one that comes from the Roy Valley. So we, we would want to understand what is it that they did, they did and what they did not do, that today people of Amazon are still not having water. So you've been. So you, as you say, you've been there before. You've made recommendations since 2010. You've been making recommendations. If you go back now, you make more recommendations. How, how do you, as the the parliamentary portfolio committee, hold those in charge accountable? How, how can you hold them accountable to make sure that they actually listen to you this time? I do know that uh, after we have uh, the, the the city of Tswane. Uh, actually defaulted on the agreement that we had because they never did everything that we did. That is why at some point we recommended that the National Department of Water and Sanitation must take over the supply of water and even the, 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 the cleaning of water in Tswane because Tswane has got no capacity and the willingness to want to do what they are doing. And therefore the department at some point instructed the, the NEC of local government in housing to to, to, uh, to apply Section 154 on Swane, which Honorable uh, Maina did. But unfortunately, Swane went to court and won the case. Now, having won the case, they did nothing. It is now that uh, we have then instructed the, the, the department through the ministry that they must not take Swane take to court for failing to serve the people of Swane. That case is still on in, 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 in court. Okay, Robert, thank you very much. Uh, hopefully we can speak after your visit to Haman's Kral and get a sense of what your thoughts are there. Robert Mashejo, the chairperson of the Portfolio Committee on Water and Sanitation. The Midday Report. With the people of Haman's Kral, Mendy, how do you shut down the, the area when people need help? Because if you shut it down, then you send those who are looking for help, then they must just suffer and die. I, I really appreciate for, for, for them to, to, to have cool head and really understand the, the, the gravity of this problem that they are faced with, where really sanity need to prevail. They need to get help wherever they can get it. Musharabai. Hi, Mendy. That working guy is trying to score political points with the lives of the people. That thing of Amaskarala started way back. It's not a DA issue. It started with ANC. And the thing is, we are not even sure that that co- co- cholera thing is coming from the water because they're still doing the test. And then nothing is proven that uh, uh, that corona thing, cor- cholera thing is coming from water. So EFF is trying to score political point.
So where I said I agree with the EFF is that I do believe that, that there are potentially culpable homicide charges here. I think that, that people should be held responsible for the, the 17th deaths. I, I'm not sure it's the current municipality. It could be them and uh, the previous regime as well under the ANC. Rage Against Spin saying on Twitter, perhaps culpable homicide charges would be appropriate for Edwin Sodi and his cancerous blesses. Uh, the reference there to that Royval tender and the fact that nothing happened and that's exactly the problem. Uh, so I do agree to, to that extent that there should be responsibility taken. There could be criminal charges here. But then who do you lay the criminal charges against? The story goes back to 2010 when the ANC was in power. We know that. The DA has said, let's all work together. Let's not point fingers. Let's all, all uh, try and find a solution to this problem. But we know that this is a problem that has been years and years in the making. On 702 and Cape Talk, this is the Midday Report with Mandy Wiener. Brought to you by NetBank Commercial Banking. Specialists who enable your business growth aspirations. Ikuruleni Finance MMC and Kululeko Dunga today delivering his budget speech at the City Council. Uh, it is expected that a, a big part of that budget will go to service delivery issues. Alpha Ramashwana, EWN reporter, is following that for us. Alpha, good afternoon to you. What has the finance MMC in Ikuruleni been saying? Good afternoon, Mandy. Yes, uh, finance, finance MMC in Ikuruleni, Kululeko uh, Dunga, has delivered his budget speech today, and the budget has went up for the 2023-24 financial year. You would know that last year, the uh, National Treasury allocated 51 billion rand to this municipality, but this budget this year has went up to 55.3 billion rand. And indeed, most part of that budget will go to uh, service delivery, Mandy. They did mention that uh, 2.8 billion rand will be uh, allocated to uh, environmental and waste management. You would know that in the past year, there's been several protests uh, for, 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 from residents who say, you know, their, their waste or, or rubbish is not being collected. Uh, we did also see last week or two weeks ago, actually, uh, uh, EFF leader Julius Malema saying that the waste collection trucks in the city are not operational. So this 2.8 billion rand will go to outsourcing or, or purchasing rather more waste collection trucks and ensuring that waste is collected regularly. So uh, service delivery seems to be uh, the key mandate or, or, or the priority uh, this time. But let's take a listen to what uh, the, finance, the finance MMC had to say himself. We are not, not just going to spend what has traditionally been allocated to us through equitable share and grants and our usual streams of revenue income. Revenue enhancement constitutes the core of what we should all pursue as different departments in the city of Egoruleni. The following key components will constitute the core of our revenue enhancement exercise. One. One of the major steps we are going to take to contain the revenue leakages is to make sure that there is maximum collection of rates and taxes from those who should and can pay for taxes and rates. We still have revenue leakages in electricity and other important rates. We are going to switch off electricity for people who are using electricity and can afford it and choose not to pay. 
That is the Kululeni Finance MMC and Kululeko Dunga delivering his budget speech at the city council. Uh, interesting, the, the whole reference to the uh, the garbage trucks. We know that this was a point of conflict between the ANC and the EFF that are in coalition in Kululeni because of the missing garbage trucks that were missing, but they had actually been written off. Uh, so that's a, a focus today uh, of the MMC and Kululeko Dunga delivering his budget speech in the city council, focusing there on service delivery. The Midday Report. It's Africa Day today. The president has been leading uh, the celebrations at the Cradle of Humans Kind. Cradle of Humankind. We will play you some of that audio in a minute. Uh, but former President Thabo Mbeki is in Guinea Conakry, where he and his foundation are commemorating Africa Day and the 13th Mbeki lecture that he is going to be delivering. Tiri Madia, EWN's uh, politics uh, associate politics editor, is also in uh, Guinea Conakry today, joining us uh, from there. Uh, firstly, Tiddy, um, what has your experience been so far of, of Guinea Conakry? I think it's a long commute. Good afternoon, Maggie. I think it's very far, far away. But I'm um, <laughs> friendly people. Obviously, there's a language barrier. This is one of those Francophone countries where they're French speaking. So there's a bit of a language barrier, but incredibly friendly people. We visited some of the markets. I mean, this is a country that's really operating based on small business, if you may. So there's small textile industry, the fishing, the fisheries. So it's been interesting engaging with the people of Conakry, but also it's a country in transition. It's got a transitional government following a coup. And it's a government and it's a country where some people are impatient and want to see the return of its constitution and want to get to elections as soon as possible. So former President Thabo Mbeki is due to deliver uh, that address today. What are the expectations there? So he's not going to do the address today. In fact, the lecture is going to be on Saturday. Today, he's having a media briefing. As I speak to you now, he's preparing to address the media about why it's taken so long to get out of South Africa. They've been lambasted for holding these annual Africa Day lectures only within South Africa's borders. So they're finally going out and he's picked this country. So he's going to kind of explain why Guinea Conakry, but also their links between Conakry and Miriam Makeba, the late Miriam Makeba. So there's also going to be a treat- in the old of Mary Makeba, who spent a decade living in this particular country. But I think you'll speak a lot about trying to move away from Eurocentric solutions to Africa's issues. That's part of what the lecture is going to be on Saturday, Mandy. That's when it will be delivered here at the Parliament. Yeah. And so he'll speak a little bit about that. But I think we'll also get his views about what's happening in the Sudan, South Africa's handling of this debacle with the United States over Russia and our position on that. So I think he will share his thoughts by this afternoon. We'll definitely know. I know that I've got to sit down with him as well, where he'll share his thoughts about what's happening on the continent and again at home. Tiddy, thank you so much. Tiddy Madia, who's in Guinea, Conakry. So um, a correction there. Thanks, Tiddy, that the, the former president, Thabo Mbeki, will be delivering that address on Saturday. Uh, but he's in the country already ahead of that address uh, on Saturday. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, the, the, the relevance of Thabo Mbeki is still very much uh, uh, celebrated on the African continent and a decision to take uh, the annual address, uh, the, that speech, uh, to Conakry in Guinea. Uh, as I mentioned also, our current president, Sir Ramaphosa has been leading Africa Day celebrations at the Cradle of Humankind today. Uh, have a listen to what he said a bit earlier on. We observe Africa Day. We observe Africa Day because we are reminding ourselves of the resilience we possess as Africans. 
resilience that has taken us from where we have come and a resilience that is putting us to our future. We observe Africa Day to celebrate our unity as Africans and to remind ourselves of the responsibility we all share to bring about an Africa that is peaceful, an Africa that is prosperous, and importantly, an Africa that is united. We know that when we are united, we are formidable. We can overcome even the greatest of difficulties. It was just three short years ago that the first case of COVID-19 was confirmed South Africa had just assumed the chair of the African Union. That's uh, the current president, Cyril Ramaphosa, speaking earlier today, leading Africa Day celebrations at the Cradle of Humankind. The Midday Report with Mandy Wiener on 702 at Cape Talk. Brought to you by NetBank Commercial Banking. See money differently. Uh, we've got a monetary policy committee announcement this afternoon. Uh, the Saab is expected to hike the repo rates today. A better inflation figure um, is expected to see a lower increase than before. Uh, those inflation numbers coming out yesterday. We're still out of that 3 to 6% band that uh, the Saab likes to see. So we are expecting yet another interest rate hike this afternoon. Mialani Mkabela uh, is an economist joining us now. Mialani, good afternoon to you. Thank you for your time. It looks like this hike is inevitable, but it's going to be a little hike. Uh, I don't really expect uh, more of a little hike uh, because uh, the local uh, situation, I would say inflation is still stubbornly high and uh, unacceptable in terms of managing price stability. So uh, we are expected to be at midpoint, which is 4.5%. And if we are uh, outside uh, the target band, which is 3 to 6%, mm. uh, it means uh, our uh, monetary uh, system is uh, challenged uh, uh, deeply. And uh, as a result, you, you will probably be expected to uh, mitigate uh, such a wind, which you, will, you wouldn't really uh, you know, know how to probably cap it uh, in, a, in a short time. And when you look on the other aspect, you find that the Federal Reserve as well continued its aggressive rate hiking mm-hmm. uh, campaign uh, uh, with about 25 basis points, which is a very high mark uh, for all emerging markets and developing economies. So that actually, it will need South Africa to hike uh, with 50 basis points to, uh, uh, you know, to mitigate uh, uh, the future uh, uh, like uh, challenges while we are uh, uh, making sure that uh, we manage uh, price stability car- uh, currently. So, Mielani, you're saying 50 basis points, not not 25 basis points today. No. Yes, I'm uh, I'm uh, indicating 50 basis points uh, precisely because uh, the challenge uh, that we find ourselves at uh, uh, like remains uh, like remains. I mm. you, you know that like one will probably have. 
uh, uh, you know, uh, expected as well a 25 basis point, which is conservative. But after just the uh, the Federal Reserve has hiked with 25 basis points, you know, uh, 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 the after effect comes to uh, uh, like uh, developing economies, and as well the permanent risk of like uh, Ukraine and Russia doesn't really uh, uh, start to even show signs of uh, ending, uh, because it can be a lot of uh, a war that we can be with it for a longer time. So it probably can be better to try and see using uh, uh, this uh, 50 basis point. But at the same time, the Reserve Bank is expected to change its uh, mandate and mm. uh, probably look at post-COVID-19 and uh, post-wars that we are experiencing now and come up with a sophisticated system uh, that will probably okay. get to... Uh, attend to the challenges of the future. Uh, Melanie, uh, the, the local currency is still trading at around 19.26 to the dollar. How much pressure is that going to put on the MPC when they, they mold this decision? It is, uh, like, it is high. At this like, level, you find that uh, already uh, prices are higher, but at the same time, we are expected to buy uh, 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 our, like, our imports at a very, very high price because the rent as well has went down. While uh, as well, you find that like supply chain uh, uh, bottlenecks has uh, went to levels that are unexpected. So uh, the situation or the triple situation of uh, inflation, the rent, uh, and uh, the, uh, uh, the Federal Reserve uh, increase really will make uh, the Reserve Bank to come up with uh, something that will probably pain uh, South African consumers, whether it's business mm. or individual consumers, uh, by uh, today afternoon. Mialani, thank you very much. Mialani Mkabela, economist, speaking to us today. We are expecting uh, the Reserve Bank Governor to make that announcement this afternoon. Uh, many economists saying 25 basis points. Uh, Mialani saying 50 basis points. Sure, it's going to be a hard pill to swallow. But unfortunately, it looks like they don't have too much of a choice. The Midday Report with Mandy Wiener is brought to you by Nedbank Commercial Banking on 702 and Cape Talk. Nedbank is a licensed FSP and registered credit provider. So a couple of tweets are echoing my thoughts in response to uh, President Cyril Ramaphosa, his address around Africa Day today. Mudansane's finest is saying, that clip of Ramaphosa is so uninspiring. Generic speech that could have been delivered anywhere. That resilience he's talking about is fading due to his failing leadership. Rage Against Spin saying, could Ramaphosa sound any less convincing? And that's exactly how I felt listening to him. He sounded very flat. In fact, I said to Palesa, can I say that he sounds boring on the radio? Uh, she said, no. Well, I've just said it. Um, because he really did sound very uninspiring. Maybe there are other mitigating uh, factors that I'm unaware of, but I wasn't particularly inspired by that pro- uh, President Ramaphosa address today. The Midday Report. That's a wrap of the day's news. Don't forget you can catch the full Midday Report live on 702 and Cape Talk via our streams on YouTube and our website 702.co.za and capetalk.co.za. Keep checking in for updates from my colleagues at Eyewitness News. Till the next time, I'm Mandy Wiener. The Midday Report.